Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We continue our study of the book of Judges with Judges chapter 10, and which uh, in chapter 9 we read of the end of the period of Avimelech, Avimelech the murderous tyrant, um, who once he was killed we, we the last we at the end of chapter nine. Basically, all we read was that everyone just went home. The people were exhausted from the leadership of Avimelech, and they seemed to um, have entered a period of of um, uh, weak leadership. You know, when they had this strong, at least strong in the in in the sense of uh, a powerful warrior type Avimelech. Um, when it was such a disaster, the people were just tired of leadership. The next two leaders we're going to read about now are very quick, short mention, not much, and it gives you the impression that they, there isn't that much to say. Um, you know, they did a few things that were good, but that's about it. So let's read. Vayakam achari Avimelech. After Avimelech, um, um, another leader got up, Lehoshia, at Yisrael to save the people of Israel. So the verse here does give him credit, uh, a credit for being the one who apparently had some successful uh, battles against Israel's enemies. And his name was Tola ben Pua, Tola the son of Pua ben Dodo ish Yisachar. He was from son of Dodo who was from the tribe of Yisachar. This is the one leader from the tribe of Yisachar. We haven't heard much from this tribe. Um, we don't hear much from this tribe. In general, but here was a leader from the tribe of Yisachar, Vuhu Yoshev Bishamir, but he lived in Shamir, Bahar Ephraim. So even though he was technically a Yisacharite, he um he still lived in the territory of Ephraim, Ephraim, who was a much more powerful and much more prominent tribe. So maybe that's how he arose to prominence by living among the more powerful, more uh, prominent tribe. He was the judge of Israel for 23 years. And he, he passed away, he died, and was buried in Shamir in the land of Ephraim. So that's all we hear about Tola. Um, and um, he ruled for 23 years. So Vayokam Achrov, and after him, another uh, judge uh, became the next leader, Yair HaGilodi. This is Yair from Gilad. By Yishbot S. Yisrael, he was a judge of Israel for Esri Mushtayim Shana for 22 years. Now I want to point out here, it's, it's very, it, when, when discussing Yair, it's, it's necessary for us to remind ourselves of another Yair. Um, um, that who um, who shows up in in history, and this is the Yair ben Menashe, the Yair who was uh, uh, a, a, a prominent descendant of Menashe, um, that uh, lived uh, in the time of Mo Moses, in the time of Moshe. This was during the battles against Sichon and Og, who were the kings of the Amorites. And this area of Gilad was originally conquered by Moshe before the um, the people um, entered across the Jordan under the leadership of Joshua across the Jordan to the to the western bank of the Jordan. So, so this area of Gilad 
was an area uh, near where you know, like, like the Golan Heights are today, uh, a more northern area and a very, um, very fertile and important land, a lot of open space for, for, for um, pasture. And at the time, if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 3, when Moshe is giving his final speech of his life and recounting the history, he recounts the history in chapter 3, the first like 14 verses, the history of the battles against Sihon and Og. And after discussing how these battles were conquered, uh, how these battles uh, went about, he says, V'yeser ha-gilad, this is verse 13, chapter 3 of Deuteronomy, the remainder of the land of Gilad, v'chol ha-bashan mamlechas og, and the remainder of the land of Bashan, which was the kingdom of Og, nosati, I gave Moshe, says, l'chatsi shevet ha-menashe, to a portion of the tribe of Menashe. Um, uh, then I'm going to skip a little and in verse 14, who was the one who conquered this? Ya'ir ben Menashe. This was Ya'ir, the son of Menashe. Lokach et kol He is the one who took the entire, this entire land. Ad gevul ha-geshuri that recounts its, its borders. Vayikra osam al And he called them on his name at Habashan Chavot Ya'ir. He called them Chavot Ya'ir. Um, uh, which which it's still called until this day. So, so here we have Yair ben Menashe who conquered the area from Sichon and Og. So Yair ben Menashe is a is a is associated with a conquering some of the most powerful kings of the day. And and he so now this Yair today, we're several hundred years later, um, is called Yair from Gilad. So so obviously Yair is a popular name. Ya'ir was the hero, the ancestral hero who conquered this area and presumably one of his descendants, uh, Ya'ir, then um, became the judge at this time period in history where we are now in the book of Judges. And what do we hear about this Ya'ir? Um, not much, but this is all we hear. Let's read verse 4. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 uh, asses, Ushloshim Ayarim Lohem, and and the they had 30 ayar, each one had 30 um uh, 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 donkeys, asses, whatever, Lohem Yikru Chavos Yoir Adayomaze, and to uh, um I'm sorry, Ushloshim Ayarim Lohem, and they had 30 cities, right? Um, the, so it uses the same word ayarim, which could mean a donkey, and it could also mean a city, if, an ear. Or, so it's, uh, it, it didn't use the term, other terms that are sometimes used to mean a donkey chamar, but here it uses the la, la, word ayar, and also a word, so use, word ayar. So they had 30 donkeys, and they had 30 cities. Lahem yikru chavos and those cities were called chavot yair. Which is in the land of Gilad. So this Ya'ir had 30 sons with 30 donkeys. And when you look through the, um, the, and this is all we know, and it's kind of this little ditty. And it almost sounds like derisive. It sounds like Vayamos uh, Ya'ir, verse 5, Ya'ir died and he's buried in Kamon. It says nothing about him having rescued anyone. At least Tola from Misachar, it mentions that he rescued the people, right? It mentions that he was Lahoshia at Israel, 
right? So that he, he did something, right? Yair had no accomplishments other than having 30 sons who rode 30 donkeys in 30 cities. So it's almost like this Yair was, um, uh, uh, it sounds almost derisive when you compare it to his, his illustrious ancestor who conquered the area. But this Yair, yeah, all right, he had some cities, he had some sons. Um, there's different explanations as to what it is. Maybe, maybe he was um, trying to revive the um, uh, his his ancestor's great reputation, and had his, his sons ride around on uh, in, in noble noble garb, um, uh, which is the way some of the commentaries understand this. Now, um, but either way, that's all we know about him. So those are two judges. Uh, Tola and Yair. However, the people, um, uh, this wasn't going to last. Uh, as opposed to the early days when the early Yair conquered the area from the, the resident Amor, 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 Amorites, uh, things are going to get worse. And the people of Israel continued to do evil in the eyes of God. So these leaders, to the extent that they led the people, and, and kept them loyal, led them in their loyalty to God. It, it wasn't successful and it didn't last. By and the people went and worshipped the Baalim, the Baal deity, and the Ashtarot deity, which is the um, uh, the that's the consort of the the female consort of the Baal, Betelahoy Aram, and they worshipped the gods of Aram. And the gods of Sidon, and the gods of the Moabites, and the gods of the people of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines. But they left God, did not worship Him. So, in other words, they looked to everywhere. Um, they worshiped and did all the rituals for all the gods in order to get as much favor from all the gods that they could. But their specific mission that they had, which was to be loyal to the, the one God, God was uh, they weren't interested in doing. The one God who demanded of them morality, the God who demanded of them to lead a, a good life, the God who demanded justice and righteousness, that God they left aside. So the inevitable result was by verse 7, and God became angry with the people of Israel, and this time he, <coughs> he made them he put them underneath, he sold them into the hands of the Philistines of Yad B'nai Ammon and to the people of Ammon. So the Philistines, uh, this is not the first time they pop up, but this is where they start to become the real um, thorn in the side of the people of Israel. And now it's also the Ammonites um, who are now the um, ones who are oppressing the people of Israel. And they smashed and and, and, and battered the people of Israel he, in that year for 18 years the people of Israel were being smashed and battered around by the Philistines and the Ammonites all of the people of Israel that were on the other side of the Jordan so now this suffering is taking place on the eastern side of the Jordan in the land of which was originally the Amorites which the people of Israel had conquered from the Amorites, which we discussed earlier, Asher Bagilad, which was in the region of Gilad. 
So then, as the people of Ammon became strong and conquered the people on the eastern side of the Jordan, they crossed over the Jordan, and they started attacking the people of Judah, the people of Benjamin, and the people of Ephraim on the western side, and they caused a lot of pain and suffering to the people of Israel. So here we have, um, now this is, this, the suffering has spread to both sides of the Jordan. Basically, the entire people of Israel are being smashed and battered by the Philistines and the Ammonites. So, of course, the people of Israel cried out to God and saying, We have sinned to you. We have forsaken our God. And instead, we have turned to worship the Baal gods. So God's answer to the people of Israel, presumably through a prophet, uh, this particular prophet is not identified by name, um, um, it's not clear why, but that's just the way it is. Um, don't you realize I have um, rescued you now in few, just in the last few chapters and then including the, during the lifetime of Moshe I've rescued you from Egypt I rescued you from the Amorites from the Ammonites from the Philistines the Sidonites the Amalekites and the people of Ma'on uh, they have all lachatsu aschem, they have all caused you oppression and you cried out to me and I saved you from them How, so I've done this already we've been down this road God answers nonetheless you still you still forsake me and you turn to the other gods. I'm not going to save you anymore. You're done. Prayer is not going to do it. And I want to point out that the, the, this is per, the, the idea here is, is that God is trying to teach them that prayer and ritual is not what's going to do it. That's not how it works. God demands action. So, right? if God says to them kind of derisively, kind of sarcastically, um, if you want, if that's what you're going to do, just come and coming and praying to me, right? Go pray to those gods, Asher Bechartenbaum, those gods that you chose them. Let let them save you at the time when you have troubles, right? Don't just come to me when you have trouble. So then, the people went and prayed to God more, realizing that obviously going and praying to the idols isn't going to help. So Vayomru B'nei Yisrael al Adonai, the people of Israel said to God, Chatanu, we have sinned. They recognized, Chatanu, we have sinned. This is a, um, another, Aseya Talanu, you do for us, Kichalatov Be'inecha, whatever is good in your eyes, Achatzilenu Nahayom Azeb, but now save us. In other words, go ahead, fine, you can punish us like, 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 however you see fit, like they're giving God permission. But, um, but please save us, save us from the Ammonites, save us from this trouble that we're going through today. And then it says, they removed, the people removed the foreign gods from among them. But over here, it says more than just prayer, but they did something. Vaya avdu et Adonai. And they worshipped, they served God. And then God could no longer bear the people's suffering. When finally they didn't just say, we sinned, and they didn't just get rid of the, the gods, but they went and worshipped God. 
and did what God expected of them, that's when God was sick and tired of watching the people. Well, I, I didn't say that right. Vatik Tsarnafsho, and God became, to the extent, you know, he was sickened by the, the pain and suffering that the people of Israel were going through. Now, Vayitso Aku, B'nai Ammon, the people of Ammon, mustered up their soldiers, Vayachanu Bagilad, and they camped in the area of Gilad, and the people of Israel gathered and mustered their soldiers. So here we have a battle about to take place. The people of Israel getting together ready to fight and they camped in Mitzpah. So we have the Bnei Ammon in Gilad, the Bnei Israel in Mitzpah, and their confrontation is about to take place. However, there was no leader. The people the, the various leaders of Gilad said each one to the other, Mio Isha Sher Yachel, who is the one who will begin Lihilachem Bivne Amon, who will lead this battle? Whoever that person that gets up and leads the battle and saves us, he will be the head of all of the people of Gilad. So we need a leader, we need a general, we need the, the last judge, Yair, who used to be in Gilad, who was kind of a joke of a of a leader, but he's gone. So we don't have, we have no one. Who is going to lead us in battle? And with this, we end chapter 10, um, which will lead into the choosing of the next leader, who that's going to be, and um, how he's going to come to leadership and what his various successes and failures will be. Thank you so much for studying Judges chapter 10 with me. Looking forward to studying mm -hmm. chapter 11 and the rest of this book of Judges together.